It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. So. <laughs> Nate is uh, two beers deep. <laughs> I'm a beer and a half, buddy. A We're beer and a very half. fortunate to have my lovely and talented girlfriend uh, Bailey Snyder on the couch with us. So she might be laughing uh, in the background I here think and there. She'd be calling her life partner. I don't know. That's also a bold prediction. Laughing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> if you do hear a slight laugh, it will be uh, maybe like a chuckle, a yes. bit of a chortle. <laughs> oh, she does a chortle, a snicker. Girls wow, do, girls, like chortle is wow. a very mean way of saying. Don't say that, that Brad. No, it's not. No, I feel like that's what that's like what a pig would do. Is yeah, no, that's a snortle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they, they, we are fifty six minutes or fifty six seconds into this podcast, and we're just off the rails. <laughs> Welcome to the Saturday Night Live podcast, better known as the Ten to One. Yeah, holla. <laughs> See, this is what happens. We can't let Nate drink so no. much. Will Forte. Yes. And Moleskin. Mani- Moniskin. Mannequin. Yeah, no, we got to work on that lettering because what it is it? It, No, it, I think you pronounce it right, yeah. but I think it's like main skin is the yeah, way. It's, like, yeah, that's how it's spelled, but it's Maniskin. got but it's got like the dots over the A yeah, and I don't like that. Maniskin. Don't yeah. like it at all. They're uh, they're Eurovision contest winners. Yeah, the big uh, overseas singing competition. So Will Forte, I'm, I've got a question for you. If you guys knew this, I I did do some Will Forte research. How many seasons, Ben, was Will Forte on SNL? I'm going to say that he was on SNL for seven seasons. What is your guess? That was also my answer. He was on for eight seasons, oh, actually. Okay. Eight seasons. And I know so- that he left in 2010, the same year that MacGruber came out. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it was did. such a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said that, but... We personally love that. Movie. Oh no no! I'm not throwing any shade at McGruber whatsoever because it is. <laughs> but it, it was not a big. It's a big comment, but yeah, but it was a box office bomb disaster. Yeah, <laughs> like basically about as bad as an SNL movie can go. But it is really though. I did read that is why he left though. Was it was because yeah it was of it was on, yeah it was on the verge of like okay I'm, I'm gonna be a movie star around. now. <laughs> but to be fair, it ended up working out for him because he appeared in a lot of other TV shows. I mean, oh, he had, he's got a great career. He, he had some of his own. He's done so much voiceover work. I mean, he's oh, never he, never stopped working. The last man on earth. He was a substantial writer before he came to SNL didn't know this he tried out for SNL twice and got it both times did you know that I did not know that he got it once and went back to writing for that oh. 70s show because he was he, already they offered him the, the they the offered gig, it to him he, he said no he decided to do it one more time because he's like you know what maybe I should do this but they made him audition again and he, and he talks about it in an interview I read and essentially kind of went in there a little bit half-assed because He's like, I've I've got this other job, yeah. right? I'm writing. I've I've got some good opportunities. I seem to be well liked amongst this like writing staff, and so he goes in there, and I guess he like kind of he cusses and he you know he, he kind of doesn't give it at us all, but they loved him and uh, he got it. So it's uh, awesome. Well, yeah. Will Forte, one of the weirdest comedians that's ever been on the show. As far as a cast member, probably the longest tenured weirdo that the show has maybe ever had, because you've got guys like Tim Robinson that are they're here and there, and they're really weird people. Yeah, I who, would say I think how ca- would you rate how would you rate SNL casts as weird cast? Like how would you rate them as weird like comedians? Like how would you say that? Like which like one's who's the weirdest? Yeah, yeah. Kyle Mooney comes to mind as one of the weirdest. Yeah, ever. I was gonna say Kyle Mooney is probably like on right on the the coattails of Will Forte as far as the longest tenured like weirder mm-hmm. uh, comedian. Um, Anybody from like the nineties? Nineties. Who was weird in the nineties? Molly Shannon was kind of weird in the nineties. Chris 90s. Catan maybe a little bit. Oh yeah, Catan definitely had some. Norm Macdonald is is a weird comedian. He only did Weekend Update, but you got to admit he's a weird guy, a weird choice for. Not, but not in the same way that Forte yeah. and Mooney are. Correct, though. correct. But it's still it's not your. You know, Will Ferrell, yeah. you really yeah. going for the joke. Jimmy Fallon going yeah. for the joke type thing. Yeah, I mean, Amy Poehler is pretty. It was pretty weird. She could play straight, but I like doing that uh, where she had the step stepdad Rick, who played by Horatio Sands. <laughs> that character is silly and crazy yeah. and fun. Um, Cherry O'Terry, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, going back to the eighties. Uh, I mean. Back then, we're not young enough for that, but you go ahead. (laughs) No, that would have been harder to describe because the show was a lot different back then. You had people like Ben Stiller and like uh, you know Robert Downey Jr. that were on the show, and and I don't know Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, so I'm not sure that they were necessarily the weirdest people in the world, but uh, clearly they they you know they had their own voice back then, and you know that was Dick Ebersol, not not Lauren Michaels for a little bit. So fuck them. Have either of you watched the new MacGruber show on Peacock? Indeed, I have watched all of it. What is your thoughts? I think it's great. 
It's it, it does exactly like it's it treads familiar territory like the the movie does. Um, but there's a lot of great new gags in it, and it's Forte is just great as MacGruber, you know. So it just it just works. And Billy Zane's the villain, which is you know some fun. Who's the weirdest cast member right now? Is it Andrew Dismukes? Is it Sarah Sherman? It's probably Sarah, Sarah Sherman. Sherman. Even yeah. though she hasn't done a lot, she's clearly the weirdest. If you what know about anything not, about Sarah Sherman, she's what about out. not feature players? Then like who's who do you think is the weirdest one of the of the main? Melissa Villa Senor. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? I think so. That's oh. a good one. Even though she's not really on the show. Yeah, but like when she does, like she does. What do you mean she's not really stuff. on the show? When's the last time you saw her? She hasn't been around much in the recent episodes. You know, either his Punky Johnson. You didn't mention her. She's not that weird. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> on a similar on a similar topic, Cecily Strong's been gone for a couple episodes now. Well, they have forty eight members of this yeah. cast. Well, they probably yeah Schmigadoon reshoots. <laughs> uh, but she's probably doing something TV related. I would, yeah. I would bet anyway. Unless well, she's no, in, no, in, no, no, I thought she's doing something Broadway related right now. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I think that's what yeah. it is. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, um, they have enough cast members for some of them to take some weeks off. Yeah, so. right. They've got enough. What did you think about the amount of, and we'll get into this obviously, but just off the top here, there has been some feedback that, you know, the after Weekend Update, Keenan was the only cast member really in the show uh, that hasn't, that wasn't Kristen Wiig from previous years or, uh, or or Will Forte. So did you guys think that the, the cast overall was just underused this week or was that okay with, with you? I think that was just a result of just, because like they kind of... It felt like Weekend Update came later in the show, as did the second musical performance. And it yeah. lasted longer. And they only had technically two sketches besides the conclusion of MacGruber. So I don't think that it was a problem. I think it was just the way that the show played out that sure. night. That's fair. You know, here's the thing is I saw some hate on, on Reddit for Kristen Wiig being on there just so much and things like this. It happens it, all the time. In my thing, yeah, my opinion... You can have Kristen Wiig on any episode, and I'm yeah. still going to love it because she's one of the all-time greats for us. And, and now. Will Forte loves working they're, with they're, her. They're you know? very close. Also, friends. I cannot believe we didn't mention her as far as weird. <laughs> she had some really so, insane yeah. characters she's over there. Yeah, weird. that's true. That small hand lady. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that got mainstream real fast. Well, that's true. She was one of the ones that turned weird to mainstream better than anybody else on SNL. She did. Yeah, I think that's I like fair. It. I saw that too, and I thought about that as I was watching the episode. I'm like, oh, Weekend Update. It's a going a long time because they had three different bits in there as well as the jokes. I was so happy. Um, but also it got done. I'm like, oh, there, there's just a song and a sketch left. Yeah. Um, oh, Lonely Island got pretty weird too. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's just dig into the show now. Yeah, let's do it, man. Done a lot of bullshitting. <laughs> I like this though. I like yeah. getting into Season the, the back 47, of episode 11, Will Forte. And Monoskin. And Monoskin. First sketch, cold open, Ingram Angle. Um, ben, I know you're a fan of Laura Ingram. Is that what <laughs> Laura Ingram sounds like? Uh, I just wish that they would just, I know they have to, right? For whatever reason, they are just beholden to these political cold opens. Because That's they, the thing, though, is they don't have to. See, and I wish that they would I, stop okay, let me whatever this imaginary let me, rule let, is. Let ben, ben, let ben let, say his piece, Let me Brad. rephrase then, Brad. They feel, Lauren feels like they are beholden to be on in the zeitgeist the next morning yeah. on these talk yeah. shows. You need to have the- It's a holdover from having the, the debates with Gore and Bush yeah. and with, with, uh, with Sarah Palin being so prominent. Now they feel like they have to open the show with this but stuff like, because it's expanded. We are at the forefront of cultural commentary. Yeah. Right? SNL has always been political. Always. Yeah, for sure. They've always done sketches, even when Chevy Chase did Gerald Ford without an accent, right? He was just he was just being Chevy Chase. Gerald Ford's famous Spanish accent. <laughs> without any try to any attempted impersonation, right. I should say. So they it's not like they're new to the game. However, these cold opens are t- always too long. They are always not good. They're, I mean, not always. That's always and never too. Yeah, sometimes words. they're good. But like. I'm sick of A.D. Bryant as Ted Cruz. I, I'm sick of you know uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, Kate McKinnon's Giuliani. I'm done. Like let's e- either pipe some new shit in there or just be done with it. Yeah. Did you guys? I, I'm sure you got not following it, but James Austin Johnson posted on his uh, Instagram essentially people criticizing them for not making fun of Biden. And he would post the screenshot of somebody criticizing them for not making a front of Biden. And then the next shot would be him in Biden make, you know, right. like, you know, because they they certainly are trying to remain somewhat, I don't know, neutral. But, you know, they're, they're making their jokes as best as they can about what's also, happening culturally. Yeah. I just don't think it's that great, honestly. Well, I mean, the thing is, James too, Austin is like, Johnson's great. Yeah, and like it's this, the, and sure, you can say this is as biased as much as you you want, but like there is inherently so much more to make fun of with a complete fucking tool like Donald Trump 
as there is opposed to Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden, no matter how many gaffes mistakes he makes, he's not a fucking idiot. He, you know, he's not this walking, uh, you know, shriveled up peach, you know, and like who has all, comes with all this baggage that you can easily make fun of. And so like, it's always been easier to make fun of the the political people who are a lot bigger targets. Now, Ben, as somebody on the opposite side of that, how do you take that? <laughs> as the resident conservative here? But yeah, so this uh, again, oh, this sketch me. was it, it's eight and a half minutes. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be eight and a half minutes. And this is obviously since they didn't have Cecily Strong to be Judge Jeanine Pirro and do the Trump stuff that they did twice before uh, with him doing his own, you know, bullet yep. point list. He does such a good job there. I, I like I liked it a lot the first time. The, that's the minute of the, the sketch I liked. Yeah, but then like it's the thing too. It's like it's like oh man, I love this. Let's do it all the time. No, like stop and like. Uh, the body wonderland that made me laugh and then <laughs> that was good <laughs> but them using wordle felt like desperate when it wasn't necessary like it's just a topical thing they tried to throw in there you know and like the stuff with the the australian uh tennis player and everything like you could have cut that whole part out and it didn't really add anything i would prefer they did more with the candace owen stuff which i thought was pretty good but this sketch the, this cold open should have been five minutes do you think ben that was a good candace owens yeah i, I liked it especially because she, candace owens herself came out the next day and was like as next time use you know just me i'll volunteer and then we can actually make it funny it's like this is why they make fun of you like you don't even understand what's going on right yeah now. it would be hilarious if you were on snl because you would suck and you would say all the ludicrous shit that you always do craziness that these these people whoever you're mock if you're being mocked by snl we've said this before lean into it or just keep your mouth shut yep. if you don't like it just don't say it, anything it, people won't say anything it'll die it dies right like too long too topical because it's like they're they're literally like, oh, let me have the five to ten topics this week that happened. Now we need to try to shoehorn them in yeah. on top of this political crap. Whether or not it's so that they can get, like, get to the sketches that they want to do. And it's like that's like it's like taking the boxes yeah. almost. Uh, I just hate it. All right. Let's move on to monologue written by Colin Jost and Jake Nordwind. My favorite monologue of the season. I loved it. I, I loved it. Maybe because I love Will Forte so much. I just loved, he just plays such a good kind of lovable loser in, in that, you know, like all of his friends, you know, John Mulaney's hosted, what, four times or something, you know, it was just. He was just I, a writer. It was good. It was just so funny. I loved it, so. Especially with the Willem Dafoe cameo, yep, which, that was, which was, was such a nice touch. Yep, yep. So we talked about how early in the season I talked about, I brought up that they didn't do questions from the audience, they didn't do uh, uh, too much in the music, uh, yep. with the music. Now, past couple episodes, we got a musical opening, and now we got one question from the audience, kind of, but it was it was not just a straight monologue. Long. I yep. liked it. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, and he didn't go with the, you know, the Jason Sudeikis kind of sincere, like, SNL means, I mean, certainly did communicate that in his monologue. But I like that they didn't go super serious yeah. there. Like he kept it funny. Kristen Wiig was there as well, playing a very awkward part, which was great because those two play awkward so well. They do. They they really do. I laughed so hard when he goes, "I'd like to officially announce a second season." That was. <laughs> I'd awesome. like to announce it. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so oh, hopefully we can do good, that sometime. <laughs> such a good joke. Such a good setup. He uh, had me too because I was like, yeah. "Oh yes." <laughs> <laughs> no, that was very well uh, done. He, he came out. He he came out on fire. It yeah. was just so good. Um, I loved it. Uh, next was a, a pre-tape. It was the first MacGruber. Shoot, let's just talk about all the MacGrubers because I don't remember each individual like <laughs> specifically perfectly. So all of them obviously playing on the coronavirus uh, QAnon thing. I loved it. Now, Brad, you can tell us you watched the show MacGruber. I mean, they have to evolve this sometimes, right? Because the MacGruber sketches are always involved in this little room. Have you not seen the movie? Uh, I have not seen the movie. Well, that's what are you yeah, doing, you Nate? Doing. That's not. That you, you would answer your own freaking question if you just watched the movie. Yeah. I'm, so I mean, I'm embarrassed. So if that. you want to talk like technically about it, what happens in the MacGruber sketches is not yeah, like all canon, really. you know? Because like uh, at one point, it, they don't um, die multiple times. Because <laughs> at one point, uh, I think MacGruber's father was played by uh, Richard Dean Anderson, yep. MacGyver. Right. But in the show, Sam Elliott plays his father, and it's a whole different thing. So, um, but yeah. So I, what happens in the the sketches is not necessarily part of the MacGruber universe, quote unquote. But the the idea that he is that person in that room. He is that person in the movie. He is that person in the show. Yeah, like, he is, he's he's an idiot. He's a moron. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. I did not know this. Jorma Tacone 
actually came up with the character of MacGruber. Will Forte didn't. Now, Will Forte helps write them now, yeah. but he did not come up with that. So uh, if you guys know Jorma from the Lonely Island guys, I, I, I really love that. And they actually did write these sketches for, you know, they were all on SNL before. That includes um, uh, John Solomon, uh, Will Forte's writing partner, all on SNL before, came back to write these sketches yeah. for this show, which I thought was really great. And uh, the one thing I will say that was a, a tad disappointing in this iteration is that, and I think that it was like this the last time that they did MacGruber 2, uh, um, uh, which I think was like a surprise thing, maybe, if I remember correctly. I, I, don't, I don't remember when they did it last Ryan Philippi's face? No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I wrote down in my notes what happened to Ryan Philippi. Well, he's aged. I'm pretty sure he's had a lot of work done. It's, uh, it's maybe. Yeah, anyway. I think he's had his face stretched. I just back. like that they brought him into the sketch, first of all. I like that. But the one thing that I, uh, that bugs me is that it's it wasn't live like it used to be. Yeah, it was, that was, it was weird. pre-recorded, which yeah. I, I assume maybe it's because of Philippi's schedule. Maybe yeah, they sure. can do it with uh, with him if they didn't do it uh, recorded, but I was a little frustrated by They could have recorded these, like you said, and I know that goes against, like you said, they, re- they recorded create, them live. They, re- they create the content that we of the show they could have though, because they had everyone there. They had Chris and Wig. They had all these the writers and everything. Yeah. They could have recreated, created these weeks ago, you know, knowing that he was going to be on the show. I just, I've seen better MacGruber. Of know, course, I just oh, didn't I, like them I, as much. I, oh, I oh, loved I, them. Yeah, I thought it was still great. I, there's definitely better ones out there, but this was still like really good. MacGruber. Okay, so so it was good, not great. Some 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 trivia for you: How many MacGruber sketches appeared uh, between 2007 and 2010? Are you counting like each segment as? How many? Let's say, yeah, because they how always because the, they always space them out yeah, throughout the episode. How many episodes were they on? All right, so oh. they could have had three on each episode. But how many episodes were they on? Do you ten. Think? No, they were on. I want to say like ten episodes, like forty episodes. Mr. Ben Conowitz is exactly correct. This was the eleventh episode. They only did it ten yep. times. Yep, yeah. They did. It yeah. felt like they did it so much more. I know. Well, I mean, obviously, like you ten said, because they years, did three episodes, th- maybe three of them per per show. So, that's so 30. That's a ten lot times of in three years. What didn't he say? Yeah, from, 10, from 2007 to 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Yep. Uh, wow. I, I just love the idea of MacGruber, again, this kind of lowable idiot, but also, you know, being convinced that the QAnon stuff is true. I, so I just thought I, yeah, it was no, a funny I, I liked kind of setup. a few things, like it, the cutout of the, when he cut the mask out, yeah. uh, but like the, the dressing up as a QAnon sh- shaman guy, whatever. You didn't love that? I, I You know... It's, it, I thought it was funny. I don't know. It Classic just didn't work groups. for me. I, I thought it was great. But um, again- Nate, that, I, I want to stress, you need to watch the MacGruber movie because yes. it is the best MacGruber has ever been. It is the way it uses him as a character. It involves him so much more beyond what he does in the sketches, and he's so okay. much funnier in if, that context. Before our next episode, next week, I will watch something, but you tell me, should I watch the MacGruber film or the MacGruber show? Film. You need to watch the movie first anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, next episode. That's was the last time, by the way, right. that I I did a spit take in the theater. I was drinking a drink, and I looked up, and something was on screen, and I literally spit out my drink. And this was pre-COVID, okay, because MacGruber came out a long time ago. So, and there it was kind of an empty theater because again, it bombed. I think, right? But yeah. my God, I literally like had to wipe my freaking face because I was I spit sprite out everywhere. It was just, it, that movie is hilarious, Nate. All right, next sketch, Kid Clash, kind of playing a little bit on the Nickelodeon stuff. A little bit. Children, right? (laughs) Uh, A little bit of Mark Summers as Will Forte, but uh, he goes dark at the end there. Benny, what did you think? Uh, So I love the fact that because it's Will Forte, he's not a contestant on the show, which is normally what they would do, but he's the host. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a a clear sign that he's in you know he's in command. He's he's they're gonna give him a lot more to do this episode, and so that's why I'm oh my god he's he's gonna be in everything. I'm a spoiler. This is my favorite sketch of the night. Like it was awesome. Hey, you can't say that. But was it really? It was. No, no, this is not my favorite. But so I just first of all, as a kid who grew up on Nickelodeon and loved uh, Double Dare and always wanted to be on Double Dare, man, the the crew did an amazing job of recreating yes, really like did. a big chunk of that set. It felt like Double Dare, with obviously not being Double Dare. Um, but yeah, like come on, I laughed so hard at the tiny flag when yeah. Aiden, Aiden Bryant's delivery of like this seems like it would be very. It's white and it's very small. That I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard. It was so funny. My favorite throwaway thing was the when he talks about the the nacho cheese and the things. Like, I hope it's not too hot. Oh, it is very hot. <laughs> There, there was. If you go back and rewatch it, because I did watch that sketch twice, his comments are just, just so good. I'm working pretty hard here. Ad Bryant says, says it doesn't show. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> just constantly just like, like the whole what do you think you're doing? Are, you yeah. stay in there. Yeah. Like it's just so good. Uh, and the fun facts too. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Hint: 
It's in there. <laughs> you know, that's good. Uh, no, I, I I thought it was a good sketch. I, I, it's a I liked great it. sketch. It it wasn't great, but it was good. Oh whatever. It's I, a I, great no, sketch. here's here's the thing is I wanted <laughs> I wanted Eddie Bryant to do a little more physical comedy in there too because I just thought there was so much more physical comedy. I mean, well, to, actually, to be I done. I actually prefer that she didn't go like flail herself around. That that she was just kind of doing it like really desperately meandering and like getting really like frustrated that she couldn't find it rather than like throwing herself in all of the cream like the fact that she was just kind of like oh, I, I, yeah. uh, you know just like really just re- being like disappointed in herself and being sad that she wasn't finding it I do like that I read online the comments on there was a reddit post it was like so did she have that white flag on her the whole time or like how did she have <laughs> I th- that yeah I thought about that, that too so they somebody that was at the dress rehearsal was like no like when the camera pans back to Will Forte they walk up and hand her the flag like you got to remember, it's a TV show. It's not meant for the live audience to also not be in on it. Yeah. So I just feel like going to a show would be so enlightening in those type of things. Yeah. You know? The next sketch was the worst reoccurring sketch I think that SNL has called Cinema Classics. They did a film. Brad, you, you think this is the worst recurring I, I, sketch I, they have? Dis- you are out of your fucking mind. Keenan <laughs> Thompson I, as Reese DeWatt Reese alone De- makes De- this no, makes this better than no. some of the worst yes. recurring sketches. Yes. Oh come on, just stop your shit. I laugh every time Keenan Thompson says Reese DeWatt so easily. And he, but- he, what she's on the she's on the phone right now. Yeah, like that, that gets better and better. His, his, his side comments about his marriage and his I, wife are gold. Amazing. Okay, okay, but here's the thing: is there's like a minute of that, and there was nine minutes. Here's the thing: of gaslight. Not all the cinema classic sketches have good cinema parts of the sketches. I will concede that, but it is far from the Did worst. Did you think this was a good sketch? sketch? No, I thought this was just okay. I felt like it was okay or bad. It was okay because I even because, called it in my notes a skit. That's no, how bad because it is. I think Whoa. no, because I think I think yeah, Will Forte no, I and Kate McKinnon are like they they make a, like a, a sketch that is okay a little bit better, and that's what worked for me. Because even it though was fine, it's though. It, yeah, it it's it's a, it's a one note sketch. It's the it's him constantly saying something is something that it's not, and so like in that sense, it goes on too long. But again, far cinema classes is far from the worst recurring sketch that SNL. Has ever so had. real quick, I'm right, you're wrong. One thing that I do like, uh, we were watching Bailey and I were watching. Uh, after the cold open, nothing really drug on. Like even the gaslight, they they did it twice, right? They cut to it twice. Normally that's a sketch that they'll oh, see, cut to three times, four I times. I thought it was way too long. I just thought I, I didn't think it was funny. Like I did. Uh, well, when it's not well, funny, they, you're gonna think it's long. It's too you, long anyway. Well, like you don't like cinema, like normally, right? <laughs> like you know, yeah, like good movies. Like, you, so, like You probably just don't understand the jokes because you don't really like appreciate mo- movies. You know what I don't appreciate is your attitude. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Uh, have you seen the film Gaslight? No. Why not? It's like a classic film. I, there's tons of classic films I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Slash Film. It's All not right. called Slash Classic Film. No. <laughs> Is there really a movie called Gaslight? No, it's it's literally based on like a film called Gaslight. Yes, with Angela Lansbury and like yeah, no, it's like and that is the literal plot of of Gaslight. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Did you not know that? I mean. I- does that mean? And I, okay, I'll I'll dig in. Yeah. Does that do. mean that all of the cinema classics are based on real movies? Yes. I don't remember. I, I'm sure they've made up a couple here and there, but like they. I need to know that. They've now. definitely done a lot of real ones. Because I'm like, some of those movies are insane. No, so and I think isn't that part of the point of it? Is like for gaslight, it's a ridiculous plot. Right. And it's it's where the phrase gaslighting comes from, literally from this movie, right? Yeah. That thing um, that you do every day. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to guess. I don't know. Again, I don't think I even have to talk about the plot. Based on the title of the sketch alone, this is Ben's favorite. It's called Threesome. So this is this is up there with the like so this and the Kit Crazy Club. What, what was the first Kid one called? Clash. So, Kid Clash. So, so, so these are my two favorites. I think that there are three potential I think is it three or I think there's three potentially four sketches where like we talked about last week Will Forte definitely made it so that there were like three or four 10 to 1 sketches yeah. throughout yeah. this yeah. episode cuz he's so weird yeah this uh, this is definitely one of them it's not the most 10 to 1 sketch but this but one definitely felt like one if you can sit there listener and tell me that you didn't laugh and I mean hard when Will Forte rocked the headboard <laughs> for 10 to 11 seconds straight <laughs> And you, then we're not. I don't think you're a good person. Like it's, it's so or funny. He, even but, even before that though, how he just walks in, sure. he's like, "Hi, I'm Gannon. I'm here to have sex with you." Sure, that's all great, he right? And it's a great taint. setup. He calls him Taint. Continues calling him Taint. But yeah. good lord, him physically testing out that yes. it was so funny. Were you both a little bit surprised that Kyle Mooney wasn't the weak husband? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I am getting 
slightly uh, not upset with it, but like it's kind of like I get it, Mikey Day. Like you're gonna be the guy that explains why you're gonna be the straight man that explains why this shouldn't be happening. That's getting a little little tiring. Why don't Why don't you like Mikey Day? I love Mikey Day. But I think that he's he's it's becoming more rote and one note as we progress. He wrote the sketch, by the way. I, I bet he did. That's why he gets to be in it. Exactly. I still I still am uh, hedging towards like it's still he's still very good in that role because it. But I I know what to expect out of that. I'm not thinking he's going to be. But there's there's an intonation to like the way he says things that always just yeah. works for me. He's just very good at being like the incredulous husband. It's like what are we doing here? You know. You know, I, I, I think agree. He's between good him it. and Kyle Mooney, I think Kyle Mooney is the one that just decides to go along with things very awkwardly, very, yeah. like, uh, he's, uh, you know, <laughs> he's the one that goes, this just doesn't seem right, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going to go along. I'm, I'm so going to do they, it, but they, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They play it very differently, and yes. I, yeah. I, I do think Mikey Day did it well. Um, I, but yeah, I just, oh man, this sketch was so good. Uh, the, the the taint thing, the, the- The tarp and the 24 bottles of powered <laughs> yeah. lemon lime. Yep. <laughs> The um the the physical comedy too of him using the pillow. God, uh, now that was something I did. You're gonna laugh. hit me with my wife. Yeah. So that is, I'm okay with that. I see. I think that that was his Mikey's best line in the entire thing because that is incredulous and he, he delivered that line really really well. So he's good in the sketch. <sighs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't what, know what your problem is. I don't either. <laughs> Listen, we can't all just all the time be like, oh yeah, good sketch next. Oh, that was good no, one too. You guys oh, just attacked me for not liking a sketch. I felt. Personally well, yeah, attacked. but that's because you were wrong. Yeah, <laughs> flat out wrong. Get it fucking right. <laughs> Jeez. All right, moving on. Weekend update. Brad agrees with me. One of the best weekend updates of all season. Not even close. <laughs> it bud. was awesome. <laughs> no, it was what so is good. Ro- why are you broken? This was, this was such Who like hurt you. This was such a straight line. Like whatever. Like no, it wasn't. Tell me, tell me the most memorable joke that either Jost or Che had from this edition of Weekend Update. Uh, uh, Gen Z icon, Gen Z Kyle, icon Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> it was a stunner of a joke. It was literally like, oh, a stunner. It was, as I've been told the many times, just because something lasted long doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> He's laughing about it secondhand, Brad. He laughs at everything except it cinema classics. Cinema classics <laughs> is awful. It was so and good. And they've done it and awfully the, like, nine times. I know it's an easy joke, but the goldfish women driving joke is still I, a funny here's joke. The thing, sometimes I like that. For whatever reason, this t- it just it just felt lazy. You know, because you're woke now. You're woke. Front to back. That's how I wipe. Great weekend update. Um, no, it was it was not. It was it was it was fine. It was purely okay. There were there was nothing special okay. about this weekend what, update what, to me. What about some of the bits in weekend update? Did you like the Chambiao on the? Uh, Beijing 2020 uh, Olympics. Did I think this like was that? one of the weaker ones as far as involving that character. Um, Which they've done five times now. Yeah, they've done it a lot. They've done that five times? Yeah. They've done that half as many times as they did MacGruber? That's weird. Well, again, though, MacGruber's done like three times an episode, but yes. And in a shorter period. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I don't think this is one of their best instances. You know, I always love the way Bowen Yang says certain things in yep. his very sassy way, but uh, this, this particular edition, it honestly felt like NBC probably said, "Hey guys, we have the Olympics coming up. Try and do something with that." Yeah. It's like, okay, that we'll do this with with uh, um, with Bo and Yang's character because it's in Beijing sure. and it's easy. Bo and Yang is always such a good performer, though. He doesn't yes, stutter. For he sure. doesn't. I, I didn't think it was just that funny. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find it all that funny. Though Bo and Yang's performance was great. Like he he did great. Just the material wasn't great. This is uh, apropos of nothing, but I started thinking about bowen yang using all of this the the slang and the and very very young dialogue that clearly yeah. young uh gay culture and he, bowen yang is of course what is he like 25 like he can't be that old right something like that so i it made me start thinking about like when he when will he start to become that guy's like oh shit i can't really be the young hip guy anymore because it's starting to feel maybe it's because this is the fifth time that it was like it's just a little more put on bowen yang it, is 31 when did it start to feel weird that when you realized SNL, most of SNL cast members are younger than you now? I mean, that that's just been a thing. I've always believed they were younger. It was always harder for me to realize that some of them are older than me. When um, uh, Leslie was on the show... She was like in her fifties, right? So I will but she, say, but she was like one of the like one of the older cast members to that's be on what I'm the saying. show. Like that always freaked me out more to say, oh, you came on the show like in your forties, like you had right, you had had a career before this, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Like the craziest thing to me would be realizing how young, like 
Pete Davidson and some of the writers, 18, 19, yeah, right, 20, yeah. 21, 20. That's insane. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine doing that, you know. Yeah, they, uh, they, they literally guys have been doing comedy. 20s 30s, sure. They've literally been doing comedy on TikTok their whole comedic career, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that is part of their shtick. Um, it does make me feel like, wow, though. Like, it also makes me, it, it, you know, it's almost like athletes because they were, you know, Will Forte, let's say, retires from SNL at 28. 31, 35. No, actually, he was older because he didn't get into it. I don't know if you guys know this about Will Forte, <laughs> but he actually graduated Bad college and started example. working uh, Bad a job. example. And, yeah. All right, so. Uh, I think he was 32 when he started SNL. John Mulaney was a writer there, there in t- in, when he was 25, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he leaves the show, and that's an all-time career job right there. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's the, it's the you, peak. You made it. You made so it. So then yeah. you are, you're retiring at 25. What the hell are you going to do to be funny or, or eclipse that? So that's the pressure for them has got to be immeasurable. I mean, Eddie Murphy I mean, was super young, right? When he yeah, was but on. I mean, in some ways though, because like at the same time, as much of a comedy institution SNL is, it's also mostly meant to be a launching, a launching yeah, point. Yeah. You know, everybody who was on SNL went. Not everybody, but like <laughs> the names <laughs> that we know from SNL went but, on to have huge careers. For instance, the names that Will Forte says in his monologue, right? Yeah, all of those are huge comedic actors now, right? You know? Yeah, so. it's a big gamble, right? I think that you land SNL and then you either truly become like a Luke Null or uh, uh, or, or a, a Zamita who has had a little bit of success but not tons. Yeah, either you use it to Zamata. have a bigger career or you use it to maintain your smaller career because everyone was like, "Oh, I would like to see someone who was on yep. SNL exactly. do stand up." Well, uh, Arius, uh, what's his name? Uh, Arius Spears, Arius Spears. from yeah. Mad TV. Yeah. My my parents went to go see him uh, in like the year two thousand, right after <laughs> because he was on Mad TV. Right yeah. after he was on Mad TV, but they saw him at like the you know Stardust over in Maryville, Indiana. Sure, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a thousandaire. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. I'm not a millionaire, but I am I'm famous and I'm a thousandaire. Yeah. And that's why I'm here in Maryville uh, doing that. <laughs> he was very upfront about it, but it's like that didn't launch him to be the next Eddie Murphy. Yeah, exactly. You know, but he's still making a living. All right. The next bit for Weekend Update was uh, Sheriff Sherman on Stan Cozy in the Winter, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall. Speaking of the young guys, Sarah Sherman and Celeste M. What did you guys think of this one? I thought it was just as good as the first one. Wrong answer. I, yeah, I really definitely the wrong answer. I, I thought it was great. No, I think it's fine. It's not. It's not as good as the first one, and some of it comes from, you know, there, there's a certain shock level that comes from seeing it the first time. And you're like, oh man, that's a great original new bit. And then when they do it the second time, it's like, okay, here we go. Nope, for me, it and didn't it was, work that way. It was still fun. Her, her, she still had the right amount of energy. It still got. Uh, equally as ludicrous as it went on, but for me, it just wasn't as good as the first time. Local sex bigot Brad <laughs> Omen violently rejects queer act of interracial love. I do like that they brought in Che and did more with it, though. Like, even in a sketch or even in a in a weekend update bit like that, you're right, though. It needs somewhere to go. Yeah. Now it can't. I don't know what else they could do exactly. now. They at least tried to incorporate Che and get it a little bit more over the top, and so that's why I thought it was I, just as good. I don't know if people are paying close enough attention to the pictures. The pictures are part They're of it, They're amazing. Too. They're yeah. so good. They're so funny. I really wish that this time Joe said pointed out the fact, because in the first time they did it, it was like, are you, are you making these so up fast? right yeah. now? Like, how is this happening? Like, that was fun. I love any of the cast having a lot of fun with a bit that, you know, they've been involved with writing and creating. Sarah has so much fun with this. It's hard not to love her during this because you could tell, like, this is her. She just yeah. loves doing it. Um, I th- I'm, that's why I think it's just as good. I love it. Yeah. Finally, um, bring back a, an old bit that they've been doing for a while. Three guys who just bought a boat because, again, they really did buy a boat. Yeah, Colin <laughs> Joseph B. Davidson really did buy one of the Staten Island ferries that I assume they'll use for parties and whatever uh, debauchery. Guy that bought a boat, guy that just bought a boat is – in my opinion, of the last probably five years in the very recent modern history of, of SNL is top five Weekend Update characters. I love Alex Moffat. It is so, I think it's so underrated how hard it is to do that correctly. And like, you like him better than case, case in point, he kind of tanked this one. He, he did. did. Because, yeah. But he, I do believe that it's, be, it's a little bit because of he wasn't doing it by himself. I think there's I a little bit there. No, he. I think he just before he, they came he, out. He got he was yeah. Still. He got flustered and he never recovered. It's true, and, and it happens. It, it's it's hard. You're doing but these you cards, and that especially when you're doing such fast talking, rapid thing where it has to have a certain it's cadence. A rap, and it's, it's a very yeah. Uh, it's, but these are and they're made up words. That's the thing. That's yeah. these right. aren't words you would normally say ever. They are mixed up punny 
thing, and that's I just I bow to him because that's incredibly hard to it do. It is absolutely you can't you can't slide him from messing it up, and unfortunately, it does come with the consequence of throwing off the entire rhythm of the yeah, sketch. Sure. To be fair to Alex Moffat, I've never seen him. Me- he he's usually consummate. Yeah, like he is so good at this. This one was when he and I and again I'm a like pilot. He he kind of stumbled a bit bit in the beginning. He had a hard time, I think, kind of recovering. Yeah. A so bit, maybe but. then Pete Davidson and Colin Jost being involved helped. Oh, Pete Davidson then was he, having fun with you know, Oh yeah, oh, Pete Davidson lost it, and and then he also never recovered. He just kept laughing. <laughs> the windowless van of the sea. Oh, I just thought <laughs> Such it was a the great funniest line. thing. <laughs> and I loved it. The idea. Of, what happened to Bloomberg? <laughs> Like, yeah, we, we got a new man. You almost, you almost think he might be saying the truth. Yeah, Davidson, yeah. right. <laughs> and it's absolutely truthful too about him checking out of sketches. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh no, I leave after my last sketch. Yeah. it's fine. Uh, the, the if you go and rewatch it when um, when he talks about the width of a tuna can, watch Pete Davidson. Yeah. it's worth just seeing him yeah. crack this organic break. joy that comes literally across his face. like tears coming out because. Yeah. Again, I, I like when comedians think other things are funny too. Yeah. So um, sometimes, again, we've talked about this even just this this season. Pete Davidson sometimes breaks just kind of almost Jimmy Fallon like just because he thinks the the sketch is tanking or just you know kind of or he's being a little selfish, honestly. Yeah, this was not what it was. No. He just thought it was so funny. Yeah. And and that that is a genuine. It's break. funny that you can, as an audience member, or at least you know we can. Uh, I wonder if everybody can tell the difference truly between breaking like he was breaking kind of as a dick about it and organic, like true joy breaking, which is way different. Yeah, because yeah, I, I forget. Was it Simu Liu where he does the cake uh, where they did the, the, the cake sketch where he breaks purposely? Do you remember that? Yeah, one? see, and that's uh, I don't like it when he yeah. just is over the sketch. and he's Oh, yeah, he was eating the cake. Yeah, he was eating. The and cake, I was yeah. like, what are you doing? Pete? Like, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren's going to be mad. But I thought he was great in this. I, I just thought the whole again. So did you like the bits better than the actual weekend update joke? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the what they the guests they had with the exception of Bowen Yang were were um great and it was definitely better than the primary weekend update one liners. Wrong. They brought back quite a few different sketches and bits this episode. And this one is another one that they brought back, Jackie and Clancy. They had done it in 2008, 2009, 2022 now. So it would be the third time. Written by Dan Bullock, Ken Sublett. I will say this. The thing I love about this sketch. Is it is it the spaceships? Uh, is it the jars yeah, of beer? It's the jacket. Is it the Model T cars? The toddlers. Or is it the toddlers? <laughs> okay. The, the costumes and Kristen Wiig and Will Forte's singing and they're, they're just their whole aura in this is great. The song's kind of funny but like yeah, he, like it just it, it didn't it didn't do enough for me yeah like, i always this kind of thing like it's it's hit or miss because sometimes i find it really funny when they're singing songs that don't totally rhyme and they're just kind of rambling and saying it in a like a rushed sing-songy yep. way especially when forte does it and he's done it done it a lot yeah um and so like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't this one i thought was just fine the honestly the biggest laugh i had was when Keenan Thompson read the address of where to send the album Pickle off. Pickle tits. <laughs> Donkey Donut Court, Pickle <laughs> Tits, Delaware. That's amazing. It was very I good. And so I also hard. loved the, the the actual album art, too, because it's like uh, Jackie and Clancy <laughs> singing about toddlers, uh, Model T cars, Model T cars jars spaceships, of beer. jars of beer, again. again. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the patriotic one at the end where they're just kind of belting it out. Yeah. The, the NFL new that NFL was, song. Yeah, I appreciated their, their energy and their dedication to a bit more than anything. Their performances were great. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to peel back all the layers there, that is something that Will Forte wanted to do, yeah. much like yep. John Mulaney wants to do Lobster Diner. This, is the mo- this, this to me, was the most 10-to-1 yeah. sketch of yep. the night. I, I, and you're right. I bet he requested yep. to do this again. Kristen's here. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, Because it's because that's something he has fun with. Because he loves wearing that wig. <laughs> even <laughs> the, and even though, I will, even though this is the most 10-to-1 sketch, and it pretty much is the 10-to-1 sketch, it happened like yeah. 20 minutes like to 1, actually, because of the way they spaced out MacGruber and the second musical performance. Yeah, that was a little weird. It was. Last one was again a uh, MacGruber. It was the final one. I think that's the last sketch. That was right? the last sketch. Yeah, yeah. I, it was. It was. It was kind of weird. It was a haphazard ending. Yeah. And but so I think that probably what happened there is they obviously they know they have to get the third MacGruber in there. So when you're going live and things are running long and short, but they yeah. know they've got to end it, that makes everything kind of off because they know for the first time in a long time they know where they have to end. Yeah. 
Again, if you go to the YouTube page for SNL, you'll see the Cut for Time sketches. This one was ESPN's first take. Brad, I know you're a big ESPN watcher. What would you think? Yes, uh, impeccable impressions from two of my favorite figures in sports. Really captures the dynamic what are, what of are ESPN. Their, what were like their names again? Stephen A. Smith and, and the other one. Oh. Michael Irving. Uh, Irvin. Irvin. But yeah, Michael Irving. <laughs> uh, no, the funny thing is, honestly, this sketch, I think, regardless of whether you know them like they overplayed it so much that they felt like characters even if you don't yeah. know who they are yep. and honestly i actually thought it would have been funnier if they deviated from the sports talk and went into nonsensical debates like apples and oranges way sooner and have them do that so passionately and and so with like their goofy over the top impressions of them yep. it, it, it michael chase support. a writer by the way and you could tell he watches espn because every oh, espn sure. sketch he's a writer on so. so these are spot on impersonations of michael Irvin and stephen yep. a smith by the way chris red he's done it, stephen a smith before it, but it's incredible yeah. though it is he does his, it, it almost his, gets better it, it does his cadence his energy the fact that he stays at an eleven the entire time, but it's not, it's not screaming, but it's really at the. It's, the, I'm, I'm, it's ESPN. You will listen to me. No, it is you Stephen know? A. Smith, where it's like yeah. he's on. It's just perfectly almost going to break. Is yeah. Sports Horse a real thing? No, that's okay. Barstool Sports is what they're making. Okay, that's there. what. Yeah. It's yeah. like if a bunch of bros got together. No, and no I know what Barstool Sports. Jaeger bombs and just talked about sports. Yeah, so now there's all these like fans that have become famous because of Barstool Sports. I and it's don't like- <laughs> get it. I don't like it. And and they're all like uh, Joe Rogan adjacent. You know. So uh, hey, I- hey, Bryce, change out of your affliction <laughs> shirt. Okay, we're going on in five. <laughs> All right, so that is the episode uh, for today, for this week, rather. We've got. What do you guys think of the fresh young host? The the fresh <laughs> that first timer, that baby faced Forte of Willie Forte, Willie Willie Forte. I love Will Forte. I, I love, love him. him so much. Yeah, I, he's just he's just so funny. He's just so pure. He's such a good performer, uh, and he he brought it. I, I I really think he was having fun, but like. He didn't lose anything, you know, like from his time. He's not been on SNL for quite some time, really. Yeah, and 12 and years. He was self-deprecating in his monologue. He was, you know, all of these just fun things. Uh, I This might be my favorite episode of the season so far. It was, it, it it was, very, it was yeah. very strong because uh, I, I was a little slightly, a little bit let down by Jason Sudeikis' episode. I thought it could have been better. This one was just right for me. I mean, I know they're not going to let him go absolutely balls out nuts and do all the weird shit he really probably would have wanted to do, but for being a reined in version they let him kind of take the reins on the host like like i said that episode starts and he's the host rather than than a contestant yeah i was really hoping for a falconer sketch i didn't get it but that's okay would have loved to see the falconer yeah i i would have liked to see tim calhoun yeah uh yeah. you know tim calhoun in the political cold open cold open i'm there for that why, why oh, yeah. not you know that would have been great what'd you think uh Brady? uh no i mean all, all the things you guys said yeah like i i i love will forte i honestly think that I feel like he probably went underappreciated while he was at SNL, and I you don't. Agree. I don't think a lot of people realize how good he was until he was gone. And we've said this before. I think maybe we said it last episode, but he he is the SNL casts oftentimes their favorite like cast member. Yeah, like they just loved working with him. A great guy, but also they he would just make them laugh constantly. Yeah. Right. Um. Him and uh, there was one other uh, Chris Parnell, I guess, are known for never breaking they they would and they were some they were very serious they were very silly characters right but they would just never break and uh and and just so talented such a consummate sm snl uh professional yeah so. the lore of will forte never breaking in his sketches it holds up i mean it's he's great they actually even turned it into a bit on seth meyer's show there i don't know if you guys have seen this but they're at a diner and will forte is tasked with making seth meyer's break and so he just does. I mean, he gets up, he gets so close to his face, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna break. You're gonna break." And he kisses him slightly on the nose, <laughs> and it's like this creepy. And of course, Seth Meyers eventually cannot handle it, no matter what. It's so good. So Which, I, I watch that. Will Forte again. Like I think he's just a funny guy all around. I read this on his Wikipedia page. He attended the weddings of his Saturday Night Live cast members, a good friend, Seth Meyers and Andy Samberg, in character as Hamilton. Um, his white supremacist but ultimately good-hearted character from the show. At Myers' wedding to Ale- Alexia Ash Myers, most of Myers' relatives 
had never seen or heard of Hamilton, which is just going to be great, right? You could just imagine that most people don't know he's in character. Uh, and they were shocked when he described Ash's great beauty and then wondered aloud in character how she could marry a hook nose. <laughs> Sandberg enjoyed the bit so much, he asked Forte to come do a Hamilton toast at his wedding to Joanna Newsom. And Forte spent a lot of time coming up with an entirely new set of jokes before doing just that at both weddings. Forte didn't break character until Hamilton walked off after his shocking monologues and quickly changed into formal wear and returned to the party as if nothing had happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about Will Forte is he is just a naturally funny person, underappreciated. Everyone knows Will Ferrell's naturally funny. Like all everyone says, he's funny off camera, he's funny on camera. Like Will Forte is underappreciated because I think he's the same way. Yeah, know? it's the, it's the for him it's the commit to the bit. Yeah, right. I think it's probably one of the stronger commit to bits uh, characters uh, SNL has ever had. And again, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode. A great writer. He was a writer before he was yeah. a cast member. Yeah. Not yeah. not on SNL for that '70s show and other shows as well. So he he had a, a career as a a sitcom comedic writer before. So. And I would be remiss uh, if we didn't just mention that this podcast is called the Ten to One for a reason, and the the most ten to one ten to one sketch of all time, uh, the potato chip sketch mm-hmm. with Will Forte, uh, and um, is it who else is in that sketch? Will Forte and Chris Parnell, Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Yeah. So it's Will Forte and Jason Sudeikis in the potato chip sketch, the most 10 to 1 sketches that there has ever been. And if you've never seen it, I highly encourage you, if you like weird shit, to go check out that sketch. It's incredible. Hey, I don't think we did our favorite sketch of the night. What is it? Uh, The potato chip. Threesome for me. Threesome for me? (laughs) Just requesting it. Threesome for me. (laughs) I'd like a threesome, please. Uh, No, the threesome sketch was my favorite. Nate? I would probably have to say the cinema classics. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, I, I was. Why you gotta I, lie? I know you guys didn't <laughs> love it as much as I did. I love MacGruber. I just thought the three MacGrubers were in there were just really? so wow. great. Okay. Well, again, though, because I'm a, I'm a little obsessed with like the QAnon. The QAnon. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> like the anti-vax. He loves yeah. it. He loves it, it. It's my jam. Uh, so it's my people. No, uh, it's ju- it's your jam in the same way that gaslighting is Ben's jam. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's why Cinema Classics is always gonna work for me because <laughs> I love a gaslight. <laughs> Reese, to what? Uh, no, it's the, uh, the 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 double dare, you know, kids. Kid what? Clash. Why why can't I remember the name of it? It's my favorite one. If it was three Ks, you'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that name. <laughs> Son of a gun. Kid Kid Clash. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It just and I, and honestly, it was because yeah, well, Will Forte is committing to the bit, obviously, and, and being very very good at his job. But it's Aidy Bryant in that sketch that really sells it for me. I loved it so much. So next week is one of the scariest of all. Uh, Wait, MVP. Oh, we didn't do MVP, did we? No. Guys, we're almost forgetting stuff, guys. I know. Nate Lauks, who was your MVP of this episode of Saturday Night Live? Was it Moleskin? The journal? I'm going to have to say, I I, I don't know if I've done it yet. I think maybe I did once this season. Uh, I'm gonna say the host is Will Forte for me. Yeah. I just think he was. I think great. we agree. That was my yeah. I, I went with Will Forte too. It's it takes a lot for me to pick the host because they're supposed to be the star. But yep. like when you have someone like Will Forte and he does exactly what you want him to do and he's so good at it and he even like exceeds expectations. Yeah. Like, part, part of me wanted to pick Kristen Wiig just to go with the <laughs> <monologue>. <laughs> just to piss people off. Yeah. But uh, no, he was my MVP. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> so next week is Willem Dafoe. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, who's apparently already preparing yeah, his episode. Yeah, he's there. I loved that, by the way. That little cameo was perfect. Yeah. It was uh, uh, unexpected. I love that. Uh, he he is uh, terrifying. Even when I see him in real life, I'm like, I, he might be a great guy, but I would be afraid <laughs> to see him. I would. He just seems scary. He, this, does, he does have a very intimidating aura yes, about him. I'm sure he's a sweetheart. Yeah. But. And there's no way they do this. This is not going to happen. But I think of him, and I think about Christopher Walken in The Continental, and how like he would be like a creepier older brother of The Continental, oh my God. and like take it too seriously. That would be fun. I think that would be if I was writing for SNL, that would be my pitch, <laughs> and they would be like, uh, "We're not doing that." So we've got an episode next week, and then I think we'll be off for a couple of weeks because of, of the, the Winter Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics will be on from very February third to the twentieth. That no one is sending people to to cover because of the. 
as Ben calls it, the China virus. Come on! I do not, and that's unfair. I call it the Kung Flu. We're going to have to cut that. We're going to have to cut that. I know. We're cutting all this stuff. Jeez Louise. All right. Uh, ben, where can people find you, buddy? They can find me looking at Brad online at look at Brad's junk on Instagram. And OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brad, where can people find you? You can find me looking at Ben's junk on <laughs> OnlyFans. No! <laughs> no. Uh, I write about movies and TV over at SlashFilm.com. I also appear on the SlashFilm Daily Podcast every now and then. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. Uh, over at SlashFilm, we, we have a lot of Sundance coverage this week. The virtual Sundance Film Festival started on January 20th. It's been going for uh, a few days now. It's going to continue for like two or three or four more days, I think. I forget how long it is since it's not in person anymore. But uh, me and uh, a couple of our other writers are have been watching movies virtually at home and providing reviews, so feel free to check out that coverage. There's some, some good stuff there. Yeah, anything you want to share that a film that you think our listeners should watch? Um, I mean, so, yeah, if we, if we got comedy fans here, uh, I watched no, um, we don't. <laughs> a quirky uh, British comedy called Brian and Charles, which is kind of like a, uh, a Taika YTT meets Wallace and Gromit kind of story about this reclusive inventor who creates this makeshift boxy robot. Is it animated? No, it's live action. Damn. Um, but it's 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 very quirky and dry and re- really funny. Brian and Charles. Brian and Charles. Okay. Uh, and then I also watched one called Emergency, uh, which is uh, a movie that follows uh, three kids, uh, two two black guys and a Latino guy, and it, their race is important because I, say, I don't see race. But they go ahead. that's they, people don't like that. Um, they uh, discover a passed out white girl in the middle of their living room, and they have no idea how she got there, and they have to figure out what to do because they don't want to call the cops because they don't want to get shot, sure. and yeah, they have to yeah, figure yeah. out what to do. And so like it's like this. Super bad meets very bad things sure. kind of caper. How old are the actors? They're college. The, okay, okay, college yeah. uh, And so uh, what's great about it is it's it's very funny. There's some very sharp, pointed, uh, hilarious dialogue. But it, there's also this like really smart uh, like social commentary sure. and like use of racial tension and stuff like that. So like it's this very delicate high wire act of uh, drama and uh, tension and comedy that uh, went that. together really well. Yeah, is that is that streaming somewhere? No. So it's I mean if you uh, I don't know how easy it would be to get like tickets to see like another screening of it through the Virtual Sundance Film Festival, but it will be released by um, Amazon Studios in May on, cool. on Amazon Prime Video. Great. Well, you can find me at Nate Lauks on Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. I mean, don't go to Instagram. I don't really post anything there. Who's still on Instagram? What kids are still on Instagram these well, days? Well, you can look at Brad's junk on Instagram. <laughs> Which is, I mean, we said it it's five times, to- but it's a real thing. You should probably tell people what that is because that's... Yeah, this yeah, well, it's yeah, actually yeah, a thing. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an Instagram feed where I basically just... Uh, Post about new snacks, soft drinks, fast food offerings, sometimes collectibles, uh, but mostly food and drink stuff. Uh, j- just today, I'm actually probably going to go try it right after we fin- <laughs> finish here. Is uh, Little Caesars oh has has the Batman calzone? It is a pizza where they've cool. folded over some of the, the the pizza to form kind of calzones in the shape of uh, of the Batman symbol. Because as we say, shape is important to taste. It is. All right. That's why you get dinosaur chicken nuggets, you fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we'll be back next week for uh, the Willem Willem Dafoe Dafoe episode. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Have a great night.